well, well. Prophets here another episode, another sermon coming at y'all from 12 on Sports, Zingo TV, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Aha Radio, Spotify, anywhere you can listen to us. Rashad, man, what's going on? Nothing much, bro. Appreciate everybody for joining me in. Last week was the best week. Let's make this week another great week. Yeah, definitely. We got we got the top what we did last week. Oh um, man, first off. This this today was the coldest day I think uh, so far this year. I was trying to avoid everything going outside today, and uh, I'm inside. I, I got I got two jackets on right now. Yeah, man, the weather's crazy, bro. With the you get sunny days, rainy days, cold days, windy days. It's just ridiculous right now. I don't care what part of the country you're getting some crazy weather right now. Definitely. Um, speaking of crazy things, Tyson Fury versus Wilder Part Two. Uh, went in as a tie the first time, and I believe Fury was going to win the fight until Wilder got the two knockdowns. Uh, but this fight, man, it was it was one sided all the way through. Yeah, very unexpected outcome. Uh, the consensus, I mean, Wilder came as the favorite. The consensus was at some point he's gonna get the KO on Fury, but it never happened. And uh, I know he right now he's saying his was weighing him down and all that kind of stuff. Like, look, man, just, just say you got beat. Cause that's really what happened. Like, I, I hate when people make all these excuses after the fact. Like, look, man, the better man won the fight. You couldn't you couldn't get your punches off. Fury was jamming you to death. He was pressing forward. And as a puncher, if you're going backwards, you can't land on power shots. So, I mean, some people say they gave Wild the second round. I didn't. I had it as a shutout for Fury. And ultimately, it got stopped. Uh, I mean, Wilder's just making a lot of bad moves right now, in my opinion. He's releasing his corner man, Mark Breland. Like, the man, is he's been with you your whole time. He don't want to see you take any more punishment. Your lips busted, your ears bleeding. You're not, you know, landing any type of power shots. You're not keeping Fury off of you. Your family is sitting ringside watching you basically get destroyed over six and a half, now in the seventh round. So, Come on, man. Nobody wants to see you go out bad. I don't. I know you saying you're a warrior. You want to go out on your shield, and he's on record saying, you know, when he's in the ring, he's the bronze bomber, and he wants to catch a body and all that kind of stuff. So he has to be willing to accept the same thing in return. But no, nah, man, it's it's not that serious. It's not that deep. You live the fight of the day. You're gonna get your trilogy. You're gonna probably pocket twenty million from this fight. You'll probably get another four or five million guaranteed the next fight. And with pay-per-view, live gate, and all that kind of stuff, you'll probably get another $20 million in the third fight. Live the fight another day. Go work on your game a little bit. Try to come back and get you a W. Now, that's what I want to talk about, his game. So, we all know he's he's a – I mean, to me, he's, he's just a puncher. Like, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I mean, obviously, when you have the record that you have and so many knockouts, that's not – you know, that's not a bad thing. But when you play somebody like Fury, who's so technical and and he can he can he can go with you. He can, he's a fighter, and this guy also 
is very you know very jab jab um coming at coming at you yeah it it was over from the get go and I I got I got the same score it was what six six to zero and I was like I think I think every round because you know the way I was streaming I was like why all Wilder gotta do is land one and he still might win and I was like man Fury Fury better go hurry up and knock him out because we know Wilder is one punch away from ending ending your you know not career but ending the fight right then and I was sitting like. Is he gonna do it? Does Does Wilder have it in him? And you know, come to find out, Tyson Fury uh, kept 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 it on him all night long. And I'm not gonna say it was embarrassing, but we saw we fighting one of the best in the world. I mean, you can't get mad if you lost. No, they're, you know they're they're both two of the top three heavyweights doing it right now. You got Fury, who I just put him in my pound for pound top team. I, I had him towards the bottom after the first fight because it was a draw, but I thought Fury really won the fight because really outside of the knockdowns, I thought Wilder lost almost all the rounds the first time around. So um, I think Fury's top five pound for pound doing it right now. I have Canelo, Bud Crawford, and Lomachenko in front of him. I have Fury right there at four, followed by Inouye. So uh, it was just a, a good performance. I mean, he, he beat Klitschko a few years back. Wasn't in impressive fashion, but he still beat him. And in the last two fights with Wilder, he's almost embarrassing because the first fight, he wasn't even at his peak condition. He was just about probably 60% of his best self. And then to go change trainers to go get Sugar Hill from that crump fight style, uh, RIP Manuel Stewart, one of the great trainers of all time. So to go get his nephew and bring him into your camp and do that aggressive fight style, I mean, it was it was made for a while to get beat, but I still thought at some point he could catch him with a knockout, but it never uh, never happened. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought the firing of the 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 trainer uh, Mark Breland it was was kind of heat of the moment, and I don't know if he's planning to keep the keep it that way, but I do expect maybe a maybe a reunion at some point. I, I think that was just in the heat of the moment, like because he was mad that he. Through the towel, but I mean, and, and like you said earlier, you got to fight, live the fight another day because you can you can not uh, shut everybody up. Come what summertime when they fight again, and shut everybody up and say yes, I'm back on top. I am the man. So it's not like one loss is going to define your career. Um, Ali lost, Tyson lost. It's all it's all fine. Like all heavyweight is probably going to lose at some point. So he's fine. He just got to when he come back in this in this fight again, he has to he has to be a better. Boxer, you can't just rely on that one that one hit a quitter. So we'll see if he learned anything new uh, coming up. Nah, he's he is what he is. I mean, he started boxing late anyway because I mean he was really just working like you know normal people jobs. So he got into boxing to support his family, support his kids, all that kind of stuff. So it's at this stage of the game, it's kind of even though he was an Olympian, it's kind of hard to teach him newer things as how to work the jab or improve your head movement, things like that, tie up when you get hurt. Because, like, in the fight, you could see there were certain times where his his feet placement was bad. He was tripping over his own feet or he was off balance getting hit with shots. And make them, that makes him look even worse. Um, so, like, that's why you kind of got to appreciate guys like Floyd Mayweather because people always want to say he's boring or whatever. But that's the, that's the type of guy who can win against any opponent, whether a puncher, slick boxer, or Andre Ward. Like these guys, Bernard Hopkins, like guys who can fight any style and win under any means necessary. So uh, I think Wilder will be back. Whether he beats Fury or not, that'll kind of depend upon the game plan. Hopefully he doesn't try to pick up more weight coming in a little bit heavier. I'm sure they did play a part because Wilder's just a 
naturally slim, slim guy. Um, so I think gaining the weight did play a part. Um, so maybe if he goes back down to his 212, 220 range, somewhere around there, he'll feel a little bit better. But trying to go up to 230 and all that kind of stuff, I just think that was probably a mistake. Yeah, um, very moment, monumental fight. Um, we had another monumental uh, day happen, 224, uh, the Kobe Bryant Memorial. Uh, you know, all the all the emotions came back, of course, you know, especially when, you know, these guys are, you know, Kobe, Kobe's an idol, a legend, icon. Uh, I know I watched uh, The Sandlot a lot, and one of those biggest quotes is, like, heroes are a member of legends never die. And as you saw this on that day, or oh, Monday, that all the stars were out there, everybody who appreciate the greatness and what he meant to us. So I, I just kind of want to touch a little bit because um, we have Vanessa Bryant come out and speak. Uh, Shaq, Diana Taurasi, uh, Gina Ariema, um, Michael Jordan, and of course the triple double queen Sabrina out of Oregon, basketball player, one of the best to ever do it in college. Uh, so your thoughts on on those speakers? Um, and you know we, we can we can do a little back and forth for a little bit. No, it was very put together, very well done, put together very very well. Um, only a guy like Kobe Bryant could get everybody together like that on the. Monday afternoon, you know, Monday afternoon, East Coast time, Monday morning, West Coast time, you know, only he could do something like that to, to get everybody together like that. It was well put together, what Vanessa said, you know, to basically open up, you know, private memories of herself and Kobe and Kobe and Gianni. Just to, to share that with the general public was uh, phenomenal. She spoke very well. Um, you know, we can tell it's still tough. You don't just get over losing your your soulmate like that right right away so it's still pretty fresh she still has a lot to deal with we know she has the lawsuit ongoing and i think that's more for the other families involved versus herself um but the speakers i think they were perfectly chosen because we know gino has the uh, italian background coming from italy mike was his brother his idol Shaq, close friend teammate um the influence he's had on diana and her game the the white mamba Sabrina Inesco, like I think, you know, just the effect he's had on everybody. Like, you could have probably let a hundred other people speak, and it would have been just as touching. Um, I know people want to try to throw shade at like, why is LeBron not there or is he there, all that kind of stuff. But um, LeBron did his part the first home game after everything happened, so he, we didn't need to really hear from him. And of course, we don't know what happened at the private ceremony either. But what they put together for the memorial was uh, was great. Um, Everybody, you know, shared some great stories about Kobe, and he just kind of let us let us in on the Mamba outside the court, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was I would like to say that uh, what what MJ spoke, you know, was was pretty good as far as like everybody wanted to debate about who was better, me or me or Kobe, and he just wanted to talk about Kobe Bryant because those stories that he he shared was great about Kobe hitting up at two in the morning and. Hey, what kind of moves were you doing at 12 years old? Uh, you know, trying to gear up his his uh, his daughter Gigi, who passed away as well. Uh, the rain the reigns to become the greatness, and I'm not I'm not I'm not going to say that that God doesn't make mistakes because He doesn't. But as I was like, man, it, that what if factor always going to linger, and with with Sabrina from Oregon coming up and. You know, Kobe named Deanna the the White Mamba, and with Gigi coming up, I I, I really think that they would have made a huge impact 
on like the women's sports and Gigi was so adamant about like girl pay should be just as equal as the guys pay and things of that nature and you know we we're getting to that world where yes like that's what that's what that's going to happen at some point and we we talked about this on our on our all-star thing about having the Skylar Diggins down to Rossi competing in three-point contests and skills challenge like I, I I think that we're heading in that direction uh when you have the, these great athletes and women around the world uh tennis uh, gymnastics all the other sports uh, I, I think I think that did, did Kobe and Gigi were the maybe maybe they were the the, the plan you know how God put us, put something there and then we had to carry it on that's that's maybe what it what it, what is meant and you know I know I don't have I'm not the, I don't have the biggest platform of them all but I want to push you know women's basketball because I like seeing them play so I, I think I think hearing Sabrina talk and hearing Diana Taurasi talk even Gino like spoke to that. Um, MJ and Shaq as well. Shaq, of course, he's always a funny guy. And you're right, uh, Vanessa. She, she didn't have to do. She didn't have to do this, and she shared her best friend with us. And you know, I can't. Like you say, it's hard to lose someone like that, and think we you're supposed to just get over it because you can't. This, this her best friend, a lover forever. And you know, it's just, it just, it just. I'm glad she did speak to us. But if she didn't, I wouldn't have a problem either way. Yeah, and I'm glad they set certain rules and regulations like hey no pictures or you know like you notice they didn't put the camera on the kids anything like that so i'm glad they kept it you know you can watch it we'll share this part of our life with y'all but they didn't try to go like seek out his parents or his sisters like they didn't they didn't try to like just put everybody on camera like they you know you got shots of magic and stuff and of course you know people who spoke mj shack genie buzz like you know you kind of got a view of certain people, but uh, AD was there, but they didn't try to like push it. We're like, oh, let's let's just make sure we get this great shot of like the kids, or uh, let's try to find his parents. Like they didn't try to do anything extra, so I'm glad they did that. And it was just great for people who everybody you know has their um, favorite Kobe sports memories, and we saw all kind of billboards and mirrors go up of him and his daughter and stuff like that but i think it was great to just have that one i want to say one last because he'll live forever but no just that one big platform for everybody to kind of come together and celebrate him together one more time yeah hey, you're right about the, the about the parents thing i think that gets lost a little bit uh that we haven't talked about the joe bryant and his, his mom and his sisters they also lost somebody as well and also, R.I.P. to the to the others, uh, to the other members that that died on, on that day as well. Can't can't forget about them. Um, we're going to take a quick quick commercial break, and then we'll be back to to talk more basketball. All right, and we are back. Uh, Rashad, I want I want to talk about NBA real quick. So, the race for the eighth seed, I think, is pretty interesting in the West. Uh, Memphis is holding on to that twenty eight and thirty record. They were, I think they were 500 at the All Star break, um, but yeah, Blazers, Pelicans, and Kings right on, right on their heels. Uh, Dame still injured, uh, should be coming back soon. Uh, Pelicans, Zion has been impressive, uh, and Brandon Ingram, of course. Uh, Drew Holiday is not having the greatest season that he usually had, but then again, we took away, not we, but you know, the NBA took away the his star player, Anthony Davis. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. Um, and then the Kings. Three and a half back from the Memphis, um, and they're, they're seven and three in their last ten games, losing to the Lakers, Mavs, and Bucks. So you can't even blame them for losing those three games. So, 
race for the eighth seed. Out of those four teams, who you got? Um, preseason, I had the Kings, and I'm going to just stick with it. I know that Zion has kind of brought a new life to the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram's playing, you know, all-star level, of course. He's continued to do that. Um, but I'm just going to go with the Kings just because that is my preseason pick, and I don't, I'm not going to bail on my pick. I think going down the stretch, the schedule is pretty – well, Well, Grizzlies having Clark get injured, Jackson get injured, I just think they're going to just fall, you know, just start free-falling to a certain certain extent. Then Dame hasn't came back to rescue Portland quite yet, and they were struggling even with him. So I just don't see that turning around while Dame is out. And then, like I said, it's between Pelicans and Kings. Because and, I think the Spurs are, of course, I think they're they're pretty much done now. They they didn't beat Dallas the other night when they had a chance to. Uh, so I think the Spurs are pretty much out of it. So it's really between the Pelicans and the Kings, and because the Kings were my preseason pick, and looking at their schedule down the stretch, they have some tough ones in there, but I'll just roll with them. Um, Pelicans, they they probably have the the media support of hoping to get that, that seat because they want to see more LeBron versus Zion. Um, but I'm, I'm rolling with the Kings. Um, I'm, I think I'm still going – I mean, I, I like the Kings. I, I think – I think you, you know me. You know I'm a big uh, Bogdanovich fan. Uh, but uh, you know I love Fox from Kentucky. It's I don't know the the king the Kings are turning in the right direction, but I've still thought that they made a mistake by getting getting rid of Dave Yeager, um, who was the coach last year for Luke Wall, and I didn't think that was the move. Um, but again, his contract and you know Bagley did take a hit. Um, getting getting Baysmore at the draft that was pretty. I mean, not at the draft, but at the trade deadline, I think that 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 could be a move that could spark them. Because uh, they got rid of Re- uh, they traded for Ariza, him away, and I think Baysmore is what they needed. Somebody who energetic, a little younger than Ariza, and can do can do a lot of things. And you know, he I think he had a couple big games so far with the Kings. I I mean, I like them. I just don't know if they have it. I think they're just too young. Harrison Barnes isn't isn't enough to help them, you know, through this through this stretch run. But I can't blame you for picking them. I I, I think I'm still gonna roll with uh, Memphis. But it's very, very. I'm very, very fickle on. I'm very like taken aback because I don't know if they have it takes in them to win. And they made a lot of moves at the deadline, and I don't know if that was the right thing. I thought about. it. I was like, why would a team in great position, the moves that they made, were making, they didn't put them in better position? Like I thought, Jay, Jay Crowder brought. He was that grit and grind type of guy that Memphis loves to have, and I thought he fit right in. Uh, they got rid of him. They brought in Justice Winslow, who I th- believe is still injured. Um, but, I mean, Valenciunas, Jaron Jackson, and John Morant, Dylan Brooks, they have a good catalyst. Even Brandon Clark, they, they they have a pretty young team, pretty good team. But can they can they override a lot of things? And I think what's, what's in their advantage is that the Pelicans and Kings are both young as well. And I think that's why they can make it because if Dame – Dame can come to the rescue. I think I think Dame has it in him to come to the rescue and, and get him over the hump. But him being injured probably took that took whatever hope they have and put it out out the window unless Melo can <laughs> resurface some New York Knicks vibes or something. I don't know. Well, whoever gets that last seed will probably be under five hundred. And I just hate when teams make the playoffs under five hundred. Like to me, that's just like that. that that's one that knocks against having 16 teams make the playoffs because there are going to be some years 
like the East was doing it a lot. Teams were like 38, like 44 making the playoffs. Like, what the <laughs> heck? Come on, man. But that's going to probably happen in the West in the West this year. Whoever makes that eight seed will probably be, you know, 40 and 42, 39 and 43, something like that. So I just hate when those kind of teams make the playoffs. But you never know. If the Pelicans get in for, with Zion, that'll probably be one of the biggest first-round rating series we ever had just because of the LeBron-Zion factor. That's all Bleacher Report and all these other people just tweet out all the time. Everybody wants to talk about LeBron or Zion, whatever. So we'll see how it plays out. But the moves Memphis made, it didn't really help the team they gave them to. Memphis didn't – no, they're not advancing. And the Heat on a losing streak. So <laughs> neither team trades really really helped each other right now. So I'm not sure who, who won the trade. Hey, you 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 read about that? They they both they both struggling. But I w- I would say for them for the NBA side, they would want to see the Pelicans or they want to see the Blazers because I mean, come on, Dame, Melo, and and CJ, the Lakers probably would sweep them or you know four one them. But that would be very exciting to watch. And of course, the old like the Laker team like David. It's kind of I won't say embarrassing, but do you think you think if David said you know what I'll stay, you think Zion Davis and and Drew Holiday would have been enough to make the playoffs? Should, right? Should be. I mean, whenever you have a top five player like Anthony Davis, you should be in playoff contention every year. Even if you're a top ten guy, like Dane with the Blazers, when Paul and George was in Indiana, like if you're a top ten, top twelve player, you should be able to get your team to the playoffs. But there were times where and we know AD's been injured, there were times when he was the lead guy and they weren't making the playoffs, so I, I can't really just say just because you have an AD, Zion, Drew, you're going to make the playoff. I, I can't say that. But the only reason I say that is because, I mean, you, all right, you think right now. Because he, he was there. He was there like seven years on the made it twice. I can't just say. I can't just put him in just because they were at Zion, you know, who I, missed most of the year anyway. Right. Now, I, I would say that's probably the reason why you probably can't say it. But, you know, but Zion, Davis, and Drew Holiday in this stretch. Now, let's say you put them in this, the same position right here. Like, are you? Uh, would you be more confident in Pelicans over the other four teams? Um, I was I would still say no because either one of them could get injured and it's all over because they both have shown to be injury prone. So I, I still would say no. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay roll with Memphis. I I think if they play 500 ball the rest of the way, they still might get in because look at look at Pelicans, look at Kings. Like what what did they have to do to overcome to get there? I mean, three and a half three games back is not too not too far. But do you really see a Pelicans going on a on a five game winning streak or Kings going on a seven game winning streak? I, I don't I don't know. Uh, I think it will take a Memphis collapse, which is possible because they are they are young young guys. So I'm gonna roll with Memphis. They, they collapsing right now. <laughs> exactly, you're right. So <laughs> so it's very very possible. Um, I think in the last few games, what is Memphis in the last few games? Uh, Western Conference Grizzlies are they are four and six in the last in the last ten games. Blazers are four and six, Pelicans six and four, and Kings seven and three. So I I, I and, think and the, and the Kings actually beat the Clippers twice. That's, and now that, that is pretty impressive. So that's kind of two wins that they probably shouldn't have. But uh, hey, it's 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 looking like a it's looking. I mean, the Suns and Spurs. I guess we really can't count them out. But I'm gonna count them out <laughs> if that makes any sense. Oh, um, but yeah, I, as long as Grizz play 500 basketball the rest of the way, I think they get in. And they 500 on at home and on the road, like 18 and 20 at home, 16 and 13 on the road. That's basically 500 balls. So. I think anywhere they play at, they're gonna be fine. Where while you see the Pelicans, they struggle at home and on the road. So you know we'll we'll see. I'm 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 still gonna roll with my boy Ja. 
I think Jock, I think Jock can get it done. And that's impressive. If the Pelicans, if the Pelicans make the playoffs, Zion gonna get the rookie of the year. You think so? You think, you think they'll still the give it to him? Will give it to him. If the Pelicans make the playoffs, if the Pelicans make the playoffs, Zion again rookie of the year. I mean, twenty three points a game, seven rebounds. Now, is that rookie of the year worthy? Of course. But you don't think that? I mean, NB did, didn't make didn't win, and he played what thirty to forty games his rookie season, and he was amazing. But you know he missed half the season. I don't know, cause they. I, I don't know, cause I, I don't think Brogdon had an, a good enough stats to warrant a rookie of the year over NB, even though NB only played, only played uh, what about thirty or forty games. But a John Morant who played the whole season and got this team almost to the like. If you say Pelicans made the playoffs, that means John missed it. He'd probably be a nine seed, which means as a rookie he was the the best player on the the best player on the team. That rebuilt in one year. Like this team was not supposed to be this good. This team was supposed to be a lot another lottery team, the top five, get another draft pick and rise to the occasion. But you know they kind of over 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 exceeded what they've been through. So I don't know. I I think I think ah it's that's hard, bro. I, that's very hard. Um, Curry's on his way back. Do you think the Warriors can do anything with that? What does that mean? Is Clay Thompson will he be on the rise? Anything like that? No, Clay's already been shut down for the year, and Steph is just coming back to get some reps in. You know, had his hand messed up. He wants to just come back and get a feel for the game, start to build some chemistry with Wiggins and the other guys. So they they won't miss anything. They're gonna have a a good pick in the draft. They're at twelve wins. They should still finish in the bottom three. I don't think. They only have a twenty, you know, high twenty, twenty-seven, twenty games left. They're they're not gonna go on this crazy streak and just finish, you know, not finishing the bottom three. They're gonna still finish in the bottom three, and they'll still have a top pick. Well, have a top odds to get, you know, one of the higher top three lottery picks. Yeah. Um. Sorry for any technical technical difficulties that we just had a minute ago. Um. It's all fixed now. Um. But I I think if you if you wanna make a little bet. I think I think the Warriors where they at right now, uh, five games back. Uh, the Timberwolves, I think they're five back from like all the East teams, the Hawks and the uh, Hawks of the world, the 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 Knicks, Cavs, all those guys. I think they can get in front of those four teams. Now, does that mean anything? Probably not because the draft is so the draft is so um, you know the the draft the draft is so well, lottery based now. So it really don't matter where you at. You can still get the first pick. Um, I think th- I think Curry is that good to where they can they can pull some of these games out. I mean, if you're playing a, the other teams in the West who have a losing record, I mean, you can beat those teams because I think you, you should have the best player on the court. I mean, outside of outside the only, only person you're competing with is is Dame. Outside of him, I mean, you play the Timberwolves, Suns, Spurs, Kings. You probably gonna have to be the best player on the court. Probably should win those games. So I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see him back. I think he's just coming in just to get some cardio in, get ready for next year. But, but hey, Curry Curry is special for a reason. No, nah, they don't have any ducks on their schedule. Like they're going to be playing a tough team the rest of the way outside of the Knicks, Hawks, and Wizards. Everybody else is somebody, and I think they play the Cavs in like one of the last two or three games. Outside of that, like they're playing the Lakers tonight, even with LeBron out. Well, Curry's not back yet, but. No, but even with LeBron out, they're not going to win tonight. And they got teams like the Rockets down the stretch. They're going to play the Clippers a few times. Uh, they got the Thunder. And 
They got Denver, the Spurs, the Pacers, Toronto, Milwaukee. They, they I think they got Philly on the back end. I mean, outside yeah, outside of like Toronto, the, I mean, outside of Toronto, Bucks, Nuggets, and the Clippers and Lakers. I mean, and Rockets, of course. I mean, it's it's up for grabs. I mean, you can say the thunder. I mean, the thunder the thunder viable to lose a game. I mean, the Clippers lose to the Kings like it ain't nothing. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I I, th- I think the Warriors can can squeeze out because I mean I don't I don't think the Timberwolves or Cavs or Knicks and them guys are are going to get any more wins. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think they go crazy. You know what I mean? So it's possible. I, I think I think Curry good enough to get them slightly over the hump when it comes to sorry teams. Uh, I can't. I can't see it. <laughs> um, he will be coming back against the Wizards uh, with Bradley Beal, whose uh, last three games scored 130 points, but he's one and two in those three games. Uh, I, hey, I still got no sympathy for Beal. How about you? No, I don't. He, I just, like. I understand both sides of it. You want to get your max. You want to be loyal to your team. You want to be loyal to the city. You like living there, stuff like that. And but at the same time, like you know what you signed up for, you're doing numbers, but when you're losing, you're not gonna make all NBA, you're not gonna make the all star team. That's gonna be held against you. So you gotta just kinda pick your poison. Stats, my money. I man, if I if I didn't live in Georgia, I would I would love to live in D C. D C is a great place, one of my favorite cities. So I understand him wanting to live in D C. But the trade off is you're going to lose some games. You don't know how a wall's going to come back next year. So this, this situation not going to fix itself anytime soon because you don't know how a wall's going to come back. Are y'all going to keep Bertons because he's a free agent this, this offseason? So they got a lot. I mean, Rui is a good prospect, but will he continue to develop? So you got to see what, how it plays out. So he, when he had his chance to leave, he should have left. But like I said, I, I understand the loyalty aspect as well. Um. I got I got no sympathy for him. I told I told y'all way before, do not sign back with the Wizards because it's not worth it. You're gonna be just like Anthony Davis, just like Cat, just like Devin Booker, searching and hoping that you get talent to come there because you're gonna be sorry. You're gonna lose games. Now he has a very very unique situation though. I think that if the Wizards can just pull some wins together, I don't see I don't see why the Nets couldn't fall out. You know what I mean? Like there's no carrier for the rest of the season. They're, I mean, you got Dan Witty, Karis LeVert as your best two players. DeAndre Jordan, defensive. Jerry Allen, defensive. There, there is no, there is no Ray. I mean, I see, I see them not falling. I mean, they can still get in it, but like the Nets, the Nets are what they five and five the last few games, uh, two game losing streak right now. If the Wizards can just pull some games together, that's two the two L's that Bradley Beal took. They should have won those games against the Bulls, against the Bucks. They should have won those games. And you putting yourself right there, you're only five games back. I mean, it's hard it's hard to say that you can win those games because you haven't done it all season. But it's like, okay, Brother Bill, this is your time to wheel your team to the playoffs. Yes, you're gonna get swept in the playoffs, but it's not the point. If you if you if you put the team on it back and get there, even though you have a losing record, I know you don't like that, but it's like both sides gonna have it. So this side gonna have it, this this side gonna have two teams with losing records. Can can Bradley Bill get them to the playoffs? I hope so. No. <laughs> it it's a no, but I hope so. Um but yeah, so right now no sympathy um in, in that in the East. Um uh, while we in the East, let's talk about the teams that are playing lights out, the teams who actually are good, who are actually gonna do something. And first let I wanna talk about the Celtics, right? So 
Uh, I made a bet in the in the off season uh, with a friend of ours. You know, Chris, you know Chris. He he been on the show before, and we was debating about who was going to get where, like where teams going to fall in the seedings, right? So I knew Bucks were going to be up there. Uh, I predicted the Raptors, even without Kawhi, were going to be better than the Boston Celtics. I said Celtics would not get a top five seed. That was the bet, and. I thought I knew Magic wasn't good enough, but I thought Magic could be somewhere close. Um, the Nets, I figured, without D'Lo with Kyrie, they still gonna be in the playoffs. So I knew who's gonna, who's gonna make the playoffs. The Heat team surprised me a lot the most. Um, I didn't think they would be where they are, but here they are. And with Pacers, they didn't have Oladipo, and I thought the Boston Celtics didn't do enough in the offseason. They didn't get the big man that I wanted. That didn't get. I, I, I told them that they should trade Jalen Brown. Grab you somebody who played defense and rebound and Capella, um, let Al Horford go, which they did. They did everything right except the except the center position. I thought. I mean, Cantor's not a bad guy either, but I think he's more of a six man guy. And I knew Tatum would emerge. I knew Hayward would be back after two years removed. And Kimball is a dog. We know this. But I still thought we're if you're, if you're going if you're expecting Kimball to be the best player on the team, then. How 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 good would that team be? So this season, a reason why the Boston Celtics is not not below five C is one reason, and that's Jason Tatum. Um, I think the, these last few games, just just I'm just counting after the All Star break. After the All Star break, 35 points per game, eight rebounds, shooting 57 percent uh, from the field goal, and this is also a guy who shoots a lot of threes, and he's and he's averaging 57 percent. He's on a rampage, and I know I know we we kind of we kind of debated about like who would be who who make the All NBA teams, you know, with all these forwards. I heard somebody call Tatum a top seven player. I thought that was ridiculous, but nonetheless, this guy has been the catalyst. I didn't think that he would be able to emerge this fast, like be because if you if you're talking about who the best player on the Celtics, I mean, I think it's a debate. I don't think you can say Kim Walker. What do you what, what, what you what you got? Well, I, I was expecting this from Tatum, man. He was like I knew he was ascending, he was coming as a player. I had him as a potential all star this year, which he did do that. I thought the Celtics would be a fifty five to sixty win team. And I thought Tatum, you know, I know it's gonna probably go a different way, but I had Tatum in my most improved player category because I knew he was gonna ascend this year, so I'm not surprised by what he's doing. Um he he's put on the show last couple of games. He's been like you said, he's doing numbers and he was really doing numbers before the All Star break. Um, like before, like we just look at the 2019 part of the, the this season. Like he was just like 30 something games. He was averaging 21, seven, about almost three assists. And then now the last, you know, since his turn over to 2020, he's up this scoring. He's up this efficiency in all phases of the game except free throw. He went from about 84 to 80. But he's he's been put on the show, and that's kind of what you need. Wings win your rings, and you have two of them in Tatum and Brown. And if you need Kimba, he's there. So I'm just glad to see Tatum doing his thing. And I think with the way things are shaking out right now, Miami's hitting a skid. Philly's banged up with Embiid and Ben. Tatum's uh, just lost Lamb. Oladipo's still working his way back into shape. And Toronto doesn't have Kawhi. Boston could be in the East Finals. It would not surprise me at all. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to lose this bet, but so 
before the season, if I say, if you said, if I told you who could be the best player on the Celtics, you would, you would, you think you would have said Tatum, or you think you would have said Kimba though? Well, it depends on what, what night it is. I mean, they're they're one A and one B. All right, so all right, so if we're talking about if we're talking about um, game game game, you know, like a game on the line stuff, who you gonna go to <clears throat> before the season? Would you say Kimba? Would you say Tatum? I mean, I know it doesn't matter about the night the night and Brad Stevens' system is about who the hot guy is, but if if you had to draw a play, let's, let's say tie game, and let's say I mean, even if they had the same exact stats so far in the fourth quarter. Are you? Would you before the season? Would you say I'm going to Kimball or I'm going to Tatum? I would still take Tatum just because I, I want a bigger guy taking the shot. Like I love Kimball, but if we're down two or three, I mean Kimball is not exactly a great three point shooter. And plus, I just want a bigger guy taking the shot. It's easier for a bigger guy to get the shot off. I got you, but so I'm I'm going to lose that bet. But I think I think that uh, you know Toronto Toronto Bucks. I did have those two up there. Pacers got a good excuse because they, their star player was not there. Um, I, I can't remember who I had above them. Oh, no, 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 no. All right. Okay, here we go. Bucks, Raptors. I had the Pacers above them, so that's three teams. And then I want. I must I, I must have overrided the mess out like the Pistons or the Magic. I thought there could be something special. Um, even even the Nets without, you know, maybe Kyrie could, could emerge them to about 45 to 46 wins. Which you know, and I thought the Celtics could be right there on that, right there with them as well, fighting for it. So those teams I had in front of them, of course, another team I had in front of them was the 76ers. and like that, that that was just such a bad decision because I have not been a person Sixers all year long. Like their their home record is one of the best in the league. Now they can't get me wrong, when they're at home, they don't lose, but it, it's just it's just something about a team that's. Very, very good at home and very, very bad on the road. Um, you know, like NFL, you can be twelve on four. You can go eight and zero at home and be fifty fifty on the road, and you know you'll be a, you'll be a good team. And people people will have pick you be a Super Bowl contender. But I don't think you can be eight and zero or seven and one at home and then one and seven on the road, and people still think that you can win a game in football. And basketball, I think, is the same way. Uh, when you play two two, what one 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 is how the series goes. Do you trust this team? To go to a Miami or go to a Boston, go to a Toronto, go to Milwaukee, and come out with wins, because they haven't done it all season. Ben Simmons is hurt, Embiid is hurt, and I don't know if they they plummeted it, but they're the five seed, only only two and a half up on the Pacers. Can they find themselves getting to that? Just like trying to trying to avoid matchups. It's all about matchup based. I don't know who would they rather see, but I don't think they can beat none of them. Yeah, it's gonna just come down to their health. I, I still think, come playoff time, they have the bodies to throw at a team like the Bucks. Like they, they really just built their team to stop the Bucks. They they don't have the pieces to stop other teams. I think so. I think they just really just built their team to only try to slow down Giannis and that's it. But now with guys banged up, you may not even run into them. You may not even get the first round if you're gonna run into the Heat because that's gonna be a you know there's gonna be a potentially tough matchup for them. So we'll see how it plays out, but if they lose in the first round, there will be some some tough choices made. I'm not I'm not sure they'll let Brett Brown survive this year. So that'll probably be the, the, the scapegoat. But they will probably make some changes if they don't at least make conference finals, they'll probably make some big changes. No, I think Brett Brown's out of there. Um 
I don't think they win the first round. I, I don't think currently being the five or being the six, we have to go on the road first. I don't think they can win. I think I think without Embiid and without Ben Simmons, they're probably going to take a step back. They're probably going to have to travel to either Toronto. Hopefully, it's to, hopefully they travel to the Celtics because I got a bet placed on the Raptors right now. But um, hopefully they, they travel they travel to the Celtics and we talked about it. Um, they they built their team to beat one. They be, they built their team to beat one team, and it's not going to happen. Cause I, I don't I don't think they will even get to see them. Because as as the five seed right currently right now, I don't I don't know if I can trust them to beat the Heat. And you know I love Ben Simmons. I'm a big Simmons believer. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not a believer in the way they set this team up with Horford, Tobias, and Embiid because I don't think you can play them all. And against a Heat team who space you out, who all shoot threes, uh, with Harrow and Duncan Robinson, and and they have an all star big in their own right. And and bam, and you have a guy like Jim Butler who can, who can guard Ben Simmons and know how. Ben Simmons plays. So they, I think they match up really, really well against the Sixers. And even they get to the sixth seed and play the Celtics. The, Cel- the Celtics and the Sixers, well, for whatever reason, well, the reason why the Sixers lost to them before was because they didn't have no playmakers outside of Ben Simmons. And NB, you can't give him the ball and say, go win the game. So they didn't have a closer. They got Jimmy Butler and was able to, I think they was able to do that last year. Uh, well, no, a Bucks beat them last year, but when they played them, they I know that they fixed that problem. They 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 fixed that problem that we have a closer, we have somebody who can play outside of Ben Simmons. Uh, this time this year, I mean Tobias, I don't know, would you count him a closer? I don't I don't know where you say that. And Josh Richardson or you know the Cork Mods of the world, do you think they can do other things? Not sure, but if they get play the Celtics in the first round, I, I just don't like neither one to match up Toronto, Boston, or Miami. I, I just don't like it. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting stretch for them. They gotta, they just gotta get healthy. So it's gonna be an interesting stretch. I want to see how it plays out. See what happens. Um, some guys are gonna get tick attack injuries, and Horford has almost. I mean, he's been a shell of himself. He's getting paid that big money. And he's been playing terrible. So I want, I want to see how it turns out. Sometimes teams get in the playoffs. Like sometimes the regular season is just a bad grind. I just want to see if when they get to the playoffs, they can kind of reset. All right, we're back to zero zero. Let's go one game at a time and try to make a run. Who do you think they they would want to see? You think they would want to see uh, Boston, Miami, or, or Toronto? If you had to, if they had to choose one, like first round, or yeah, yeah, first, yeah, first round, first round. Uh, probably Miami. They, they they match up pretty good with with the uh, with Miami to me because I think Toronto and Boston they're going to keep winning games like they're not going to fall fall apart, so they won't get a chance to even. Have that as an option. It's gonna be well. No, well, Sixers could fall to the sixty. Is what I'm saying. It's possible. I mean, the Pacers have been struggling recently, but and lost just lost Jeremy Lamb to ACA injury. But I mean, they only, there's only two games with what twenty plus to go. Yeah, I don't see Philly fall to the six. Like the Pacers, they've been rather inconsistent. And I, I had the Pacers making each finals, but, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff. They're trying to work Depot back in. Sabonis and T.J. Warren are basically carrying them. Brought them to having an efficient year as always. So, I, I don't think the Pacers – I mean, they're, they're normally going to be like a 47-48 win team. And I, I think Philly's going to still get to like 50. And they'll probably – it doesn't matter. They, they should be aiming for that four seed. They should want to start off at home versus start off on the road against Miami. So, I think they should be aiming for their four seed. Their only competition is themselves at this point. Right, yeah, definitely. They should get the four seed. I think they, getting home court advantage in the series is the way to go. 
because um, going to Miami first, the first few games, they had to steal it, and I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. You know, it's Miami. Miami's the same way. Miami's not a good, a good, uh, good road team either. So I think whoever has the home court advantage, if that is the matchup, will the home court team will win that win that series. Um, speaking of the Heat, real quick, three and seven last ten games. They lost to the Kings, Blazers, Hawks, Cavs, and the Wolves with no cat. Uh, should we be pe- pressing the panic meter for them? Nah, because a lot of games Jimmy hasn't played. So, nah, they're still trying to figure out chemistry stuff with the new guys, too. Okay. Post-All-Star break. Post-All-Star break, guys got to get gotta get chemistry and get back in shape. That's fair. That's fair. Um, we're going to take another quick commercial, and then we'll be right back. All right. We are back. Um, our last few minutes we got, we got today, we're going to just talk about uh, a little combine stories. Uh, NFL combine on the way today. You had uh, they, they moved it to prime time. Uh, that's interesting to see. Uh, tight ends ran running and, and the receivers running. Justin Jefferson ran a four point four. Uh, like that's that's pretty impressive on his on his nature because I didn't think he was that fast. And obviously that was the first attempt. So we'll see the second attempt again. Um, when you got um, you got guy you got guys hitting the bench presses and all that stuff. So the combine is getting interesting, but. Mostly the combine stories, though, be like the other teams and what they're going to do in free agency that's coming up in March, uh, what they're going to do with certain players. So, and a lot of stories come out because you have a lot of writers talking to people about, you know, talking to owners and GMs and coaches about different things. So, uh, our se- this segment is called Run With It or Pass It. And if, if you like the idea, you run with it. If you don't, you pass it. Simple, simple uh, segment. So, I got four things for us. Uh, let's talk about it real quick. Brady will return to the Pats. Uh, story came out today that the Patriots and, and and Tom Brady is not looking too good for a reunion. So, Brady will return to the Pats for this next upcoming season. Uh, that's a tough call. I, I'll, I'll pass for now. I mean, I don't think anybody really knows. Yeah, same thing. Uh, well, I, I, I will pass it as well. I don't think he... Will return to the Patriots. I also think that the Patriots shouldn't want him back, and it's not that it's being disrespectful, but I've always stated that you know with the Mannings of the world, Brett Favre, Joe Montana, they all had to move on because they, their franchise had to keep going. And you know, obviously, for the what, what they want, like they Brady want receivers and not going to take a discount. I don't think New England has has enough in the in the, in the bag to to do all that. So. um Unless, unless like an AJ Green take a pay cut because he want to win, you know he want to win. So unless something like that, I'm not, I'm not sure if Brady can get everything he wants. So and Patriots just don't have enough to do it. So I think both both parties would be better off uh, separating. So I'll pass it as well. Um, the next, or well, you guys, anything you want to say to that? I would say, and they. They might have to turn into the New England Bengals. Go get Andy Dalton and AJ Green. <laughs> the New England Bengals. That's funny. Um, all right, the next one. I, I saw this story not too long ago. Uh, this report just sent it out about maybe two hours ago, and uh, Des Bryant will throw up the X in Dallas next season. No, I'll pass. Nobody wants him. Well, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I really about what up is because Cowboys owner was asked about it. And he said, I won't rule out the reunion. I thought about it a lot in the shower, whatever that means. So um, he thought about bringing Dez, Dez back. Do you think a, but do you think a Cooper Dez 
and a Gallup is a good receiver. Like, like, like what would you rank that receiving core if you like on, on like one thirty two as far as teams? Middle of the pack, because Cooper to me isn't a legit one because he's not consistent. Like he'll have about six six games out of the year where he'll get you. 80 to 100 yards, a touchdown or two. Then another couple of games, he's going to be a dud, 30 yards, 40 yards. So he's not a true one op- option to me. Then Gallup, he's still ascending, but he hasn't, you know, really found his form yet. And Dez, been out the game a few years. 20 Had keys. a bad injury. Yep. Yeah, bad injury. Nah, middle of the pack and probably on the lower end of that, of the, <laughs> the rankings. That's pretty funny. Uh, I will also – you know what? I'm I'm gonna run with it. I think Dez is he's just too vocal about it that he wanna play in Dallas. I don't think he will go anywhere else. I mean he had the the Saints in mind, but I don't I don't think that's really where he wanna be. I think if Jason Witten leaves, that he can be that guy. I think he learned a lot being like real, realizing the game doesn't revolve around him. Um so I'll run with it. I mean, I mean, if he shows up he comes, if he doesn't I I don't think he'd go there if Dak's gone though. If Dak if Dak does not come back, I don't think he goes. Um, the next one, the Titans cannot upgrade at the quarterback position, meaning that Tanny, they can't do better than, than Ryan Tannehill and they should just re-sign him, whatever that means. Run with it or pass it. That they can't upgrade that quarter. They can't upgrade better than him. Uh, I'll, I'll pass. You think they get, so if if they could upgrade at, at that at that position, who would you go with? I mean, because you got Brady, Brady, you, Brady or Brady, Brady or Rivers. To me, is an upgrade from Tannehill. You think so? I don't. I yeah, don't. I mean, yeah, he had he, he had a good he had a good year, but at the same time, like Brady, like the, those games were like Tannehill only throwing the ball like seventeen times or nine times, stuff like that. Like he might throw the ball a lot, like. Brady can make more. I, I just, it just maybe it's the aura of Brady, but I think he can make more throws than Tannehill can just off his 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 history, his past pedigree. And then I just think Rivers, you know, even though he's been up and down the last few years, I just think his ceiling is a tad bit higher than Tannehill's. And plus, they they got like twenty something free agents on the roster. You got to still be thinking about roster moves as well. So I would rather take a higher end quarterback than Tannehill. You know, I like I like Ryan a lot. I don't know. I I think I think I'll run. I with mean, that. to me, Jameis is an upgrade. Like to me, Jameis is an upgrade from San Diego. I see, but I, it it all depends on what they do with Derrick Henry because regardless, they're going to be a running first team, and I think a mobile mobile quarterback is the key for them because they have to extend plays because they don't really. I mean, AJ Brown had a great rookie season. Corey Davis has been okay, uh, but I feel I feel like that team their their receiving core is good, but it's it needs you the quarterback needs to buy time. And Tennessee Titans, they they might lose Conklin in the free agency. That's that's what they're one of the best right tackles in the game. And who knows if they can't find a replacement for that? I mean, if the all line's not great, I don't know if Brady and Rivers can survive it as, as well as Tannehill can, as far as being moving the pocket and stuff like that. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go run with it because um, I don't think I don't think they can get better at that position, the Tannehill. Uh, last one, with all the CBA stuff coming out, will it will it be a holdout next season? Uh, it's possible. It's it's possible. Um, but I I just think they have a they got they got a 
talk a little bit more. So I'll, I'll pass for now because they don't have the rush to get the deal done. So I'll, I'll pass until it actually has to get done, and we'll kind of see what the players' thoughts are then. Yeah, I, I, I'm passing as well. I think I think the players can talk the owners into into doing it because they don't want to miss out on money. Um, and then uh, really quick, we got five minutes left. Uh, another segment, three and D. So I'm gonna say three statements, and you pick one, and I pick one, and we will defend it. Uh, with the March Madness coming around the corner, I mean March first starts with this Sunday. So um, three and D. I'm gonna say three statements, and you you pick one to defend. Um, the ACC is the best conference still in the country, even though they only, they only might get Duke in, they only might get Florida State and Louisville. It might be the only three teams that get in. Uh, North Carolina, Syracuse, Pitt State. Uh, Wake Forest, Virginia, and Virginia Tech, all on the lower end, not you know, not as good as they used to be. Um, state, statement number two, the A-10, the uh, West Coast Conference, the Mountain West Conference, uh, will have a better winning percentage than the Power 5 in the NCAA tournament and also will go the furthest. All right? And then the third one, the Big East Basketball Conference is the most underrated conference in the league. They have three teams in the top 15, and a total of seven teams may get in the field. Which one will you defend Defend the best, defend the most? This is really tough to pick either, to pick any either <laughs> one of them, because, I mean, ACC is down, so you can't defend that. And we don't know what seeding will be, so I can't say who will have a better record because – when it comes in the tournament, anybody can just catch a slip in any day, so I can't say they'll have a better record in the Power Five. And Big East, uh, I, I can't defend that either. Because <laughs> you got Creighton, Seton Hall, and Nova in the top 15. Um, the A-10 with Dayton, uh, Gonzaga. You know, like, the standings, standings don't really matter to me this year because, like, everybody Everybody losing. Everybody sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as somebody, so, so somebody move up, like like it, this is the most wide open year. So as soon as somebody moves up, that team that just moved up will lose. So like to me, the rankings don't really matter right now. I just want to see how teams get through the conference tournament and how the the final seeding on Selection Sunday plays out. Definitely. Um, so that's our time for the day, man. We got three minutes before we get out of here. Um, in the anything you're looking forward to uh, this upcoming weekend? Sports. Oh yeah, board XFL, XFL. And my guy Mikey Garcia is a big fight this weekend against Jesse Vargas. I think Mikey's a top ten pound for pound fighter. Only person he lost to is Errol Spence, uh, and that was because he changed weight classes. So I think Mikey bounces back and kind of gets his name back in that pound for pound race. Um, as a Kentucky fan, we just talking about basketball. Uh, Kentucky versus Auburn is coming up to, uh, on Saturday. Um, that that is a game I'm looking forward to. Um, Pearl, uh, Bruce Pearl, I mean, for whatever reason, Auburn not getting the respect. They're 25 and 4, 15 in the country. Kentucky 23 and 5, them 8 in the country. Um, that's a big rival game as far as the last few seasons but with Bruce Pearl versus uh, with uh, Coach Cow. So I think I think that'd be a pretty good big one uh, coming up this weekend. And, and definitely something I'm going to be tuned in. I'm also going to be tuned to XFL, man. It's going to be a good one. Uh, Houston Renegades take on uh, my team, the Dallas. The Dallas, oh, I'm sorry, Houston Rednecks take on the Dallas Renegades. Uh, I still gotta get my gear, so we got a minute left. It was fun. Yeah, we yeah, it's only it's only uh one more one last undefeated team in the XFL. So let's see how long did uh how long does that run last? I don't know. It's <laughs> uh, make sure y'all catch us, man, back here every uh, Thursday uh, at seven o'clock p.m. Eastern 
on 12 on Sports Radio. You can hit us up on Sportscaster at Pastor Kevin KFUSN at Rashad23USN. Follow us on Twitter. It's on the screen. Uh, Pastor underscore Kevin Kev, Mr. Rashad underscore Too Cool. And, um, hey, we'll see y'all. We'll see, we'll see y'all next time, man. Uh, we got all our platforms. Like I said, Spreaker, Google Podcast, AHA Radio. Uh, make sure you check us out. Check us all out. And uh, we'll be back with y'all next week as well. We're going to keep doing this thing. Keep doing the big. You already know. All right. Preach, care, Preach with Rashad. We out.